This is the Catalyst Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 6, Episode 7. Cultivating a Global Mindset, Italy. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. Hope you've been enjoying our season where we're looking at how to cultivate that global mindset that ability, that awareness to think about other countries, different types of people, to think big, really think big in terms of your business and your life, and how do we build those relationships and think well of our family of 8 billion people. So if you've been following previous episodes, you'll know you can't just buy that on a shelf. We have to go to countries, we have to speak to people, we have to learn from each other. And we've been to all sorts of different countries so far, and we've just been in France. And today, oh... This country is very special to my heart. We're going to be talking about Italy. So before we do, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our sponsor. They are the Masterclass Sessions. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can book yourself on the next Masterclass Session. And I've just done one, and it was on my latest book, Loving Leadership. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do it. And if you just send me an email to michael at kataholos.co.uk or comment on social media wherever you see these podcasts, just something you're enjoying about the current season and get some lovely feedback, um, you could be entered into a draw and you've got a chance of winning a whole subscription to Masterclass Sessions completely free, all the recordings, um, some of the best people in the world at what they do, completely free. So if you want that to be you, just click on the link and that can be you. I'd also like to say a special thank you to Nikki Carter, my friend Nikki Carter. She's a fantastic graphic designer based in the UK and she left a, a really heartfelt a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts and she said that every episode I listen to of this podcast uplifts me and makes me smile. Thanks Nikki. <laughs> you made me smile at the moment as I'm saying this. So Andy Amo, let's go to Italy and I want to tell you a little bit about why I went to Italy, how I went to Italy, a little bit behind the adventure and then I'd like to share with you four lessons. It's definitely learnt me, definitely learnt me, definitely taught me and I'm still applying these today. In fact a lot of these run through the very core of who I am and and what I do with my business. So I went on a real adventure to Italy. I was 21 and I had just finished my degree, my first degree, and I went with a man called Father Peter. So if you want to know more about my relationship with this incredible man, if you go to season one, episode 10, it's all about how post-traumatic growth can help you. Uh, This guy was like a second father to me. He was was family Uh, and he died and it was very traumatic and very difficult and it led to me forming this company and it led to the mission I'm now on and I would not be on this mission um, and talking to you now without Father Peter. So he's been an incredible source of inspiration and love in my life. And so he took me to Italy because I'd always wanted to go and I used to bug him and say, come on, when are you going to take me to Italy? And do you know when you think something's never actually going to happen? But it did. And he bought me this book. And inside this book, it was all a book about Italy. I thought, well, great. You know, it's a book about Italy, which is great. I'd rather actually go. He written this beautiful letter that I still have. And it said, well done. Congratulations on your degree and all your hard work. I'd like to take you to Italy. And I, 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 I lost my mind. I couldn't believe it. So we went on this adventure to Italy. We went to Bologna. We went to Rome. We went to Florence. We went to Venice. It was absolutely life-changing. Just go, Venice itself, absolutely amazing. So we went to Italy, just the two of us. But the interesting thing is, he was a Catholic priest. So he trained in Rome and lived in Rome for seven years. So he knew Italy very well. He spoke Italian very well. 
he loved the culture and he was a real mentor for me in, in taking me on the trip because he wasn't just a tourist, you know, he had relationships and people he knew there. And we had all sorts of adventures going around Italy for a couple of weeks. It was brilliant. And when I think of Italy, I always think of him. But more than that, I think of how a country can be infused with the people. You know, so when you visit a country, it's very rare that you don't think of at least some people that you met while you were there. Or if you meet people, you think of the country they're from. And that's very, very true. Even if I never go to Italy for the rest of my life, I'll always treasure it as a very special place and the people are very special because the people I met in the situations because of Father Peter. So it's it's very dear to me. So the first lesson that I learned, and it was when we went to Venice, some places are just special. You just have to go and see them. They're not like anything else. Remember the time I dived out of a plane? <laughs> it was very much like that. It was like, this isn't like anything else I've ever done. And I remember to get to Venice, you go to Venice Treviso, and then to go to the actual place of Venice, which is surrounded by water, you have to get a train, a special train in. I remember getting the train and just looking and seeing water to the side of me and thinking, this is pretty special. Venice is like its own world. And you go onto this like this little kind of like island, but all these little boats. So the postman has a little boat. The people putting out the bins have a little boat. You stand at these what look like bus stations, but they're not buses because boats turn up and take you to the next place. And it was absolutely incredible. And I've got this image in my mind I will never forget where Father Peter said, do you want to go to the supermarket or get an ice cream? I said, sure. And I thought we were just going to walk down the street and go into a shop. And nope, we caught a boat. And we get off this boat and there was this gorgeous palm tree. And it was just like going to a different world. I remember we had this watermelon ice cream, which I'd never had in my life, by the way. Watermelon ice cream to me was game changer. And every hour going around Venice were just all these examples of things which I've just never seen before. And you go over these little bridges and there's canals and you go and there's these boats, these gondolas, and you can go on these these trips and people, you know, drive you around in these boats. So that's the first thing that I learned, that there are some places in the world, there's a phrase, by the way, that says, see Venice and die. Because the idea is it's so unique and so much to it that once you've seen it, where else is there? I understand that now. Having been to Venice and seen some of the incredible things, some places are just special and some people are just special. You just have to meet them, you just have to go. And it's just one of those things, and I've learned that about certain places now. I can see how special they are. And I think, I just need to go. So at the time of making this, I have family in Australia. And I just need to go to Australia. I just know there's something about it that's just special to me. And I need to go and I need to meet the people. And so some places, they are just like that. And they're, they're a gift. And just Venice being in the world is a gift. It's so unique. It's so unlike anything else. When you go there, you just realise that. And I remember we got lost, completely lost on the way out as it got dark, and I thought, we're never going to find a way out, because there's all these little back streets. But we did, and it was fine. So that's the first lesson. Not everywhere is like everywhere else. Some places are just very special. You just need to go. You just need to visit them. The second thing is something I've thought about a lot, and I want to make sure that I'm very respectful, and hopefully I can do this in the right way. And it's, when you're interpreting a culture, in this case Italy, and people in Italy, it's, it's essential, I'd say, to understanding it, to try and visit the country and to understand it in its own country. So I'll give you an example. I'm from the UK, right? And we are, 
I'm pretty sure we invented queuing, you know, when you've got somebody and they're already stood, stood somewhere you want to be, you stand behind them, you stand behind them, you stand behind them. And I've learned as I've spoken to more people around the world just how bizarre that is. Now, a lot of people think that's a really stupid idea. Why do you do that? And you never taught it in school. Well, you kind of do. You have to queue up in English schools. It's just a part of the culture. It's just part of what we do. And we kind of almost take pride in it and we just do it quite naturally. And I remember, if you listen to previous episodes, when I was talking about France, going to Lourdes in the south of France. And Lourdes is a place of Christian pilgrimage for people. And people come from all around the world, so Italians, English people, African people, all sorts of people. And in Lourdes, people don't really queue up. And especially Italians were known. People who were English would say, oh, here's the Italians, they don't queue. And when I didn't understand that, it was Father Peter who said to me, you do understand why they don't do that, don't you? I said, well, are they being rude? He said, no, it's just not part of the culture. They just don't do it. They don't even have a word for it. I said, really? And he said, yeah. And the the tension, the frisson would come between you know English or Italian people or different people from different countries trying to all negotiate the same space and kind of you know queue without queuing, and so in that country of France, that aspect there was kind of a, te- a tension there, not particularly from the Italians, nothing particularly cared. It was from other people going, why why are they not doing what we're doing? But when you go to Italy, and you see how it works, it just works, and so no people don't really queue for things; they just kind of go for it en masse but it works because it's the natural way of things and it was only after I went to Italy and saw it with people and, and kind of experienced it I was like oh right yeah this just kind of works so that was something I really took as an example of my own ignorance where I kind of realized if you've got a person outside of their country or outside of their culture being themselves that's going to be different to if they're in their own country and their own culture and you can see where that comes from. I'll give another example. I remember when I went to Morocco and I saw people wearing hijabs and wear it dressed in certain ways. And then you go back to England and some people don't dress in that way. And just being in that country and seeing it makes you think differently about it when you come back home, right? No better, no worse. It's just different. And so that that was a really powerful example. I learned that in Italy and Father Peter told me the word permesso. Because if you say scusi, scusi, if you say excuse me in England, people say, oh, I need to move out of your way or something. If you try and do that in Italy, they, they used to say to me, why are you excusing yourself? You've done nothing wrong. Like, why are you saying excuse me? It doesn't make sense. But permesso means not without my permission. So if you're pushing a wheelchair and you want to get past someone and you say permesso, it means like with my permission, can you please move out of the way? Uh, and I remember Father Peter saying, you need to use that word. That's a better word. That will get you what you want. And so that's what I learned, right? You've got to know the phrases and you've got to know the way it works. And the best way to do that is speak the language and actually be in the country. And then when I went back to Lourdes in the south of France, after having been to Italy and used the word permesso, guess what? It worked. And I became a lot more like understanding of like people that don't queue. Right? I'm not making generalized sweeping statements and saying no, no person from Italy ever queues. I'm just saying that it wasn't kind of it's a done thing when it came to opportunities where you could have done a queue or made a queue. They didn't really do that, but it worked and it was fine. The third thing that Italy taught me in cultivating this global mindset and this awareness of other people and, and how we all work together is to try and really make an effort to try out different cultural aspects, especially if you're in that country, that you wouldn't normally do, right? So I'm quite a shy person. <laughs> and if I'm meeting somebody I don't really know, you know, I might be a little bit shy. Or if it's, you know, an opportunity out in public, I'm usually the person hanging at the back. 
I remember being in Rome, me and Father Peter went for a pizza. And I thought we were going to sit down at a table and eat pizza. And I actually learned while in Italy that pizza originated as a street food. It wasn't actually a food you know, for restaurants and it was frowned upon because it was this street food of the people. But in this particular shop and uh, the piazza in, um, in Rome, in Vatican City actually, we went in and I can see it now. We went in the shop and it was selling it by the slice, these massive slices of pizza. And they were amazing, by the way. And again, in my ignorance, I just said like, all right, how much is it for a pizza? He said, how much do you want to pay? And I was like, what? He went, how much do you want to pay for it? And I said, I don't get it. And Father P said, he, he wants you to barter. He wants you to like, you know, try and haggle him on a price. And I said, I don't want to do that. And he said, just, just try it. So I thought, all right, so I just tried. He said, how much do you want to pay? I said, I don't want to pay anything. It's free. I want it to be free. He goes, no, no, it's worth so much. You know, it's worth this. I said, no, it's worth this. And we eventually, you know, agreed at a price. But I thought it was quite funny and quite cheeky when he said, how much do you want to pay? I said, I don't want to pay anything. I want it free. I don't think he knew. I don't think he was quite expecting that. <laughs> but that was, you know, would I normally barter for something? No. But was I willing to try it and, you know, kind of get over myself a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, another example I learned in Italy was in relation to food. So again, in the UK, you can have pasta and pizza in one meal, no problem. But if you try and order that in a restaurant in Italy, they'll look at you a bit funny. And I remember the first time we were eating in Rome, again, in the UK, if I had a salad, I'd have it with a, with a chicken maybe at the side at the time. And they don't do that. And they have things one at a time. So you have one thing and then the next thing and then the next dish. I remember thinking, that's a bit strange. Okay, I'll try it. And then you get into trying it and you just get used to eating that way to the point where you look back on the way you used to eat, you think it's a bit weird to just shove a lot of random stuff on your plate at the same time. So that was another way it just taught me even the very order that you eat your food in could be a little bit different. And the third one, which was fascinating, was Father Peter's obviously a Catholic priest. So he said, do you want to go to a, a mass while we're here in Venice? So we went to St. Mark's Church, it's a beautiful church. And I said, yeah, sure. And we went in, and first of all, they wouldn't let us in. They didn't believe he was a priest because he wasn't wearing full black, which priests in Italy wear this full black. So eventually we got in. I was quite shocked because the priest on the altar, if you've never been to a church, they have these altars and they have these people called priests. And they say this mass, they say this special religious ceremony. And the guy was facing away from us. I didn't see his face the whole time. Now, I, was th- I thought that was quite strange. I said, like, what's he doing? And they said, he's saying mass in Latin. I said, what do you mean? And basically before the 1960s, all the masses were said in Latin with the priest facing away from the people. And I found that a bit strange. Again, I wasn't used to seeing that. But you kind of get used to it and it was normal. But it was a bit weird because I didn't understand any single word and he had to translate for me. And interestingly, at the end, they had a Canadian choir that sang in English, which was a bit random. But yeah, it was just even something that I was quite familiar with, seeing it in that way, I thought, a bit different try it out you know so make the effort to try those cultural aspects they're a little bit outside your comfort zone just not the way you're used to seeing it what they did was actually enhance my understanding of something that I thought I knew whether it's you know paying for something eating food or going to a mass and the final thing which is which is so important and I really wish somebody told me earlier is that your dreams can come true I dreamed of going to Italy for like 15 years before I actually went and I actually went And the dream came true because of an amazing person. He took me. I would not have gone if he didn't take me. And I don't know what, you know, in his mind or his heart said, I'm just going to, you know, take Mike, made him actually do it. But I'm so happy and 
thankful that he did. And you can be one of those people. There are all sorts of things that people want to do and want to be out there in the world. And all they need is somebody like you to say, let's actually do this thing. You want to go to this place? Let's go. You want to try this thing? Let's do it. When I work with people, they tell me that not enough people do that. Not enough people open doors for them. They get doors slammed in their face or they slam the doors in their own face, you know, in the way they think about themselves. And so dreams can come true because of amazing people like Father Peter and like you. So you have the opportunity to open these doors to people and help people to understand these amazing places and these amazing people. I have to finish by telling you one of the best memories of my life. So this shows how old I was and am. <laughs> when we arrived into Rome, I was awaiting my uh, the results of my degree and it was going to be published online. But it was before smartphones and things. We're talking like 16 years ago. So we had to go to an internet cafe to access the internet. And we logged onto this, this little computer. And I'll never forget one of the best memories of my life. And this is why I always think so much of Italy. When I saw the uh, the results that I got, it was on the screen in green letters. And I got a first class degree. I was very proud of that, put a lot of work in. And it actually was there on the, on the screen. And Father Peter looked at me and he started dancing. He actually started dancing around going, numero uno, numero uno, prima classe. And he was, he was telling everybody Italian, he's got a third, look at him, I'm so proud. It's one of the best memories of my life. And it can't be taken from me. And I'm smiling now, you know, thinking of it. And so you can be that person. You can be the person that opens those doors and takes people on those adventures and creates lifelong memories. So I hope that's been helpful for you. I hope you've enjoyed it. My amazing experience in Italy, beautiful country, incredible people. And maybe just take one thing, you know, is it just a special place you think, I've just got to go? Have you maybe been interpreting a culture and a people outside of their country and you can visit that country and understand them better? Could you try out some different aspects to get outside your comfort zone like I did? And dreams can come true if we make them. And just try something out from those things. And even if you don't, just know that right now, just as you are, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care. Ciao. Speak soon. It's got some brilliant positive facts for you about Italy. Did you know that Rome is over 2,000 years old now? And Italy has over 3,000 museums. And the English playwright Shakespeare, 13 of his 38 plays are set in Italy. And Italy is the only place in Europe that's home to the only three volcanoes 